Hey, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the Final Authority Podcast. This is episode 10. I'm your host, Woody. And today I want to do an addendum onto the tithing episode that I did just a few episodes ago uh, because um, I got some feedback on it and I saw a new perspective. Uh, a listener actually sent me a video and I reviewed the video and uh, the guy made some points in the video that, that actually uh, caused me to think uh, from a different viewpoint than than what I had before and asked some questions I hadn't thought to ask and and gave some scriptural perspectives that I hadn't seen before and and I'm always open to learning um, because I don't know everything but the word of God is always right so it uh, really didn't change any of my beliefs but it gave, definitely gave me a new perspective from which to view tithing and I wanted I wanted to to kind of go over that and talk about what uh, what it what it uh, what it showed me so um, the video was on uh, YouTube, and I don't know the guy's name, but the, the title of the video was, Is God Mad at Me if, if I Don't Tithe? And I've seen videos like this before, and, and you know, occasionally the people that do these videos are very, very angry and come out just totally ferocious. Uh, but this one wasn't like that. He actually was very calm. He was very cool and collected. And really, he's he's not antagonistic to the tithe, as, as you'll find as we go through this episode. Uh, but he had some unique, uh, I don't want to say unique, he, he had some good good viewpoints and, and good teaching on the tithe and why he doesn't believe that, that Christians are required to tithe. Um, so the, the first thing that he, he talked about was the curse. Okay, so uh, in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, that's our, that's our tithing scripture. That's the one that every preacher knows who believes in the tithe. Um, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if, if I not uh, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't be, have room to receive it. But before that verse, before verse 10, he says, you have stolen from me. You have robbed God. And you say, how have I robbed God? In the tithe. Because you haven't brought your tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. So he said, am I cursed? He said, a lot of times we, we get up there, we read Malachi 3.10, and there may not be a whole lot of discussion about it. And then people feel like, uh, well, I don't want to be cursed, so I guess I better give 10%. And he said, you know, we're not under the curse of the law anymore. We're, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13 tells us that Christ was made a curse for us because it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree, that it, that we might become heirs to the promise of Abraham. So he said, we're not, we're not cursed. We don't have to fear the curse. So he said, scripturally, New Testament scripture, we, we don't have to fear the curse if we don't tithe. Okay, so that, that, that's a true statement. That's a true point. Um, and and I wanted to make my point on that is I don't, I don't tithe because I feel compelled to under the law, and, and that's the very important point. Because if you're ever giving because you feel compelled to or pressured to, you need to stop and reevaluate. Because Paul told us that every man should give as he is purposed in his heart to give, because God loves a cheerful giver. Right? We don't want to ever give because we feel compelled or pressured or, or obligated or we're in fear. That because there's no reward for that. We we see several examples in Scripture where Jesus would look at a situation and say, okay, look, this Pharisee is out here, and he's praying, thank God I'm not like this sinner over here. And he has his reward. And the sinner is over here saying, oh, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. He said, he will have a reward in heaven. He said, that guy that does something just for the ritual of doing it, just to do it, just because he feels compelled to, just because he feels like it's an obligation, 
He doesn't have any reward for it. So if you're giving just because you feel pressured or compelled or you're in fear, there is no reward for that. And you're really wasting uh, your money. You might as well just hold on to it because it won't do you any spiritual good. So that was a good point. Scripture also says that what God has blessed, it cannot be reversed. That's when you saw the prophet Balaam. Uh, and the, the king Balak told him to curse Israel. And he said, I cannot curse them because they're blessed with a blessing and I cannot reverse it. What God has blessed, no man can curse. And we are blessed like our father Abraham, uh, according to the New Testament. So we can't be cursed. So that, that's a good point. The second point he made is that no set percentage is ever commanded in the New Testament. He said, you can read all the way through the New Testament and no set percentage is ever commanded. Jesus did not say, you must give 10%. The, in the book of Acts, it does not say you must give 10%. In the epistles, it does not say you must give X percent. Uh, and, and that is true. And uh, I'd like to mention that the only time Jesus mentioned the tithe was in context with justice and faithfulness or justice and mercy. He was talking to the, the Pharisees who were tithing even down to the tiniest mint leaf. They were counting the leaves on the mint plant and tithing down to the, the tenth leaf. Uh, but they were neglecting the things of the heart, the mercy and justice that God desired. And Jesus said you should should have done the former and not neglected, or done the latter and not neglected the former. In, in other words, you need to make sure your heart is right, but don't don't forget about the tithe either. So the one time Jesus did mention it, it wasn't in a negative context, uh, and he did not disavow the tithe. He did not say this is done away with. Uh, he actually had something positive to say about it. And I made the, I made the point in the last episode that the the fact that Jesus didn't talk about it is actually more indicative that he, he agrees with it because in that day, everybody was under the law. Everybody did tithe and they all understood it. So if he would had wanted to say, hey, this has this no longer belongs to you, then he would have said that uh, like he like he said with uh, he said, you know, you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. But I say to you, turn the other cheek. He, he, he said, hey, no longer think that way. That's that's not right. Let me give you a new way. Uh, concerning the Ten Commandments, he said, hey, look, you can try to obey the Ten Commandments, but it's going to be hard. But if you just love God and love other people, you're going to fulfill the Ten Commandments. He, he, he took what was in the Old Testament. He gave them something new. Jesus didn't do that with the tithe. So that's indicative to me that uh, Jesus was not against the tithe and we, 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 we should tithe. But he went on in this video. Um, and he talked about, let's see, ta -ta 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 -ta. the emphasis is on the heart. Um, he, he also said that Jesus tightened everything up. Uh, you know, in the Old Testament, adultery was when you committed the act of fornication outside the marriage. And, and that was called, called adultery. But Jesus said, if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. In the Old Testament, if you killed a man without reason, that's murder. Jesus said, if you if you have anger in your heart towards your brother without reason, that is murder. Um, with divorce, if a, if a woman was caught in the act of adultery, or sorry, in the Old Testament, with divorce, you could divorce a woman for any reason. Uh, if you had a writ of divorce and took it to the priest and the priest approved it. In the New Testament, Jesus said the only reason you should ever divorce is because of infidelity. So he raised the bar on all these things. And it only makes sense that he would raise the bar with the tithe as well. If there's no set number given to us in the New Testament, but 10% was the minimum in the Old Testament, 
then shouldn't we who have the Spirit of God in us, who love God uh, and have the fruits of the Spirit, should we not raise the bar and give even more? I think the tithe is the baseline, the starting point. We really should uh, raise the bar and go, go to another level. I thought that was an interesting point. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, point three, let's see. He talked about Abraham and he said, you know, Abraham tithing, we look at Abraham tithing to Melchizedek. He said that was kind of an isolated incident and we put so much emphasis on it. Um, and he said Abraham was under no command to tithe, which means that he did it from a heart of love and to honor God. And, and that's, it's also true. That's true. We don't see Abraham do it again. But... Jacob, his grandson, did. And Jacob, his grandson, I talked about it in my last podcast, made a covenant with God and said, Hey, if you will bless me, I will tithe of everything that you, you give me. So he made a lifelong commitment to God to tithe. So the precedent is there. But also, uh, I think he missed it there because saying that Abraham was an isolated incident with the tithe, he, 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 uh, he never went over to Hebrews 7 where it, it specifically speaks of that instance where Abraham tithed, and it said that Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, and Melchizedek received the tithes of Abraham in the same way that Christ receives the tithes from us. And it made that connection, and I believe that's a very solid connection. I don't believe it would be in the Bible if it wasn't intended to correlate. So that 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 is there. Um, <clears throat> but the key, again, is the heart. Uh, if your heart is, if you're just tithing because you feel obligated to, then you're doing it wrong and there's no reward. If you're just tithing because you feel pressure and you don't want to get under the curse, then then th that's that's not the right way to do it. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. His fourth point uh, was that, that God blesses us in various ways when we give. Uh, some people do get off, and I am part of the faith group. I'm the name it, claim it bunch. I'm I'm the, the prosperity-believing, Bible-believing bunch. Uh, but some of us do get off uh, as far as sometimes we don't delineate between... Jesus said in the parable of the sower, some reap 30, some 60, some 100-fold. And I talk about sowing and reaping, and I talk about how it's the most powerful type of giving. But we, we do need to be aware that um, it's you know you can't sit there and count the dollars and 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 calculate how much you expect to get next week on this ten dollar offering today. All right, thirty fold on ten dollars. If I just do thirty times ten dollars, I'm gonna ten twenty thirty. I'm gonna get thirty dollars back next week. It, it doesn't necessarily work like that. And I've talked about sowing and reaping. Actually, maybe I haven't on the podcast. Um, it's in my book though. Um, not sure if it's in the book I just released or the one that's coming up book I just released is Why Aren't More Christians Rich? Uh, the next book is going to be Can Faith Pay the Bills? In one of those books, uh, it kind of all blends together, I talk about how sowing and reaping, there's there's a sp space, there's a, a period of time before the reaping actually takes place. Uh, for example, you sow a kernel of corn, it doesn't just sprout up the next day, and you can't command it to sprout up the next week. It takes, you know, it takes a period of time. It's like 16 to 19 days or something before you see the sprout. And then you can't harvest it right there. If you do, you'll kill it. There's there's no there's no harvest there yet. It takes a period of time and cultivation and, and some growing stages before you can re reap your harvest. So 
uh, that's what he, he he said in his video there is that sometimes we 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 get off and expecting that hundredfold return on that ten dollar offering so it should be you know a thousand dollars or whatever and uh well actually it's much much more than that if you do fold which means double uh but but he said, you know, God, God blesses us in many more ways than that. Some of it's spiritual blessings. Some of it is, is peace. Some of it's protection. And, and really what he's saying there is with our giving, acknowledging God in all our ways and honoring him with our substance, we are committing to a covenant with him. And we are entitled to the rights of that covenant, which involve peace and prosperity and blessing and protection and deliverance and healing and joy and uh, all these things go along with that covenant that I talked about in, in the episode I did on the tithe that we have through our father Abraham. So that was that was a decent point. That was a pretty good point. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I responded to this this. Uh, uh, the person that sent me this video, I said, I personally like the habit of tithing because it establishes a good baseline and a habitual practice of giving, uh, which we all agree results in blessing. Uh, his fifth question uh, was kind of a repeat of the first. I'm not sure. I didn't write down what the question was. Um, but anyway, he was talking about uh, being in fear, uh, being in fear for not tithing and uh, again, to reiterate, it's about the heart. We should never give out of guilt or fear or pressure. Uh, if you decide in your heart to tithe, great, but don't let that be the limit and never give out of fear or compulsion. Um, I still stand by the tithe as something every believer should do uh, because it creates a habit, uh, a habit of giving. And Jesus said, where your heart is, or sorry, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, so that's good. Uh, overall, he majored in this video, in those five points, on no condemnation. And, and that's correct. Uh, again, he didn't go over to Hebrews 7, so he didn't... He's missing part of the light from the New Testament, looking back at that Old Testament example of Abraham. So, I believe that, that um, precedent is there, that we should tie, that it's, it's pretty clearly tied in. Galatians 3 told us that we are heirs to the blessing of Abraham. So that same covenant Abraham had that he tithed under, we can still operate under and receive the blessings of. Now, as far as the curse, he, he said, you know, if if Malachi 3.10 says you are cursed with a curse because you've robbed God. And he said, we, we're not cursed with a curse. We're, we're not under that, the law. Uh, but I would like to make the point that we may not be under the curse of the law, but there's still a curse in the earth, and that curse is the curse of sin. Uh, you know, the Bible says that the thief, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, that he goes about, not in the same scripture uh, Paul talked about, he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And Psalm 91 tells us that if we abide under the shelter of the Most High and the shadow of the Almighty, he will protect us. And the noise, some pestilence, pestilence will not will not come near our tents, and will be delivered, and will be protected. The whole the whole chapter is about how the Lord protects us if we're close to Him. Again, Jesus said, "I am the vine; you are the branches. Remain in me, and I and my words remain in you, and you'll bear much fruit." Jesus said, "We are His sheep, and He is the good shepherd." And we know that when one sheep uh, veers off from the flock and gets off into the wilderness, it's in danger of being attacked by wolves. 
Uh, my point in, in all of these is that it's dangerous out there. You could say it's dangerous out there. Uh, there still is a curse in the earth. There still is an enemy who is out to get you. And the farther you, you uh, venture away from the protective covering of God, the more likely you are to encounter enemy territory and the enemy in his territory and come under the curse, not the curse of the law, but just the curse of the earth. The, the, the devil's out there looking for any way he can to hit you, to steal or kill or destroy you or anything that belongs to you. And so that, that's why I, I think the, the tithe is good, because when you tithe, you take the tenth off the top, the top cream of the crop, the best of the best off the top, first thing. And you give it to the Lord. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what you're saying is you are uh, on purpose choosing to put your mind on him, to declare, Lord, my heart is with you. You're making him the Lord of your finances, which is wonderful because it puts you right up under his wings. It puts you right in a relationship by covenant where he can protect you. But the farther you get from that, and, and if you decide not to tithe, uh, that's, that's, there's no condemnation there. But I do believe you get over into dangerous territory because uh, it, it could be a control thing or it could be that you, you believe that uh, we're just not under that covenant anymore. We don't have to tithe. It could, be, it could be that you don't feel like you have enough money to tithe. But really, it, it comes back to where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so when you take that tithe and you acknowledge the Lord with it, as Proverbs 3 tells us, acknowledge the Lord in all our ways and honor him with our substance, we are mentally, we're setting a thermostat with our finances instead of a thermometer. Instead of checking to see how we feel about the tithe, we are determining by the tithe that I want to honor the Lord with this. And it, again, it puts you right up under his wing where he can protect you. And that's really where the principle for the tithe is laid out. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 6.33, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you besides. I already mentioned that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Choosing to acknowledge him with the first part of your treasure is seeking him first. And there's blessing tied to seeking him first. Jesus told us there's blessing tied to seeking first the kingdom of God and his right way of doing things. And it keeps your mind on him, and it ensures the blessing promised in that verse. The tithe is honoring God with your substance, acknowledging the Lord in this area. And it really is a faith thing. I mentioned in the last episode where I talked about the tithe that I've been in the position where we really didn't have the, the, the balance in our account where we could afford to tithe and pay the bills. But a lot of times when that happens, if you look at your account, you don't have the money to pay the bills anyway, so you might as well get under the blessing. You might as well step up under the wing of Jesus and, and tithe, and we have, and it's always worked out wonderfully. That's just my testimony, uh, but it's a faith thing. You've got to decide whether you're going to make that, that leap of faith or not. We already said it's a heart indicator. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So when you choose to put your treasure with the Lord by tithing or whatever percentage you decide in your heart to give, again, it's a heart thing, then you you set a thermostat for your heart that I'm choosing him first. You're deciding to put your treasure there because you're deciding to put your heart there. 
So which comes first, the heart motive or faith? Do you step out first and then your heart follows that? Or do you have to wait until you decide in your heart and then and then uh, step out in faith? I think it's yes. <laughs> I think it's both at the same time. I think you've got to come to a point where you reach a decision and say, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can afford to. It doesn't look right, but I know God is true and I know his word is true and I believe his word. So... I'm going to do this in faith, believing God will meet me halfway, and you step out in faith. And sometimes you just have to step out in faith in order to change your heart. You know, uh, Scripture says you can't please Him without faith, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He's a faith God. If you submit this area to Him, and, and it can be difficult, it, it, and Really, I should say it is difficult. Finances is one of those things that we like to hold on to. It's really, really hard to release control. It's hard to write that check or, or give that money. Um, but when we submit this area to Him, it, it does require faith, but blessing follows. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Draw near to Him, and He will draw near to you. Uh, scripture also says that in uh, <clears throat> excuse me in Isaiah twenty six three Scripture tells us that God will keep the one in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him because He trusts in Him. For me, the tithe almost—I don't want you to take this wrong—but it almost forces me to acknowledge Him first, which helps me keep my mind on Him on. Let me put the emphasis on Him as my source and supply, which keeps me in faith. Plus, I love giving, but because my mind is on Him, He keeps me in perfect peace. And it's, it's, it builds on itself. It's a cycle that, con that continues and grows and strengthens, and it really builds your faith. So that's, that's kind of the addendum I wanted to give on the tithe. That's why I tithe. That's my response to that video. Some perspectives I hadn't seen before. I just hadn't thought to look at it from that side. Uh, but I, I believe it was good. And I hope it was a blessing to you. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, catch you on the next episode.